0: Hello, and welcome to the 64th episode of the Podcast F4. We're calling it that, since it's easier to say than food and frightening film fanatics. Before we get started, our usual disclaimer. Turn back now, if you haven't seen these movies, heavy spoilers ahead. This week, we're talking about the I Know What You Did Last Summer franchise. There are three movies total. The first one, of course, is I Know What You Did Last Summer from 1997, directed by Jim Gillespie, written by Kevin Williamson, who also wrote Scream, produced by Neil H. Moritz, Eric Fagg, Stokely Chafin, and starring Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Felipe, and Freddie Prinze Jr., and Johnny Galecki from The Big Bang Theory. A- Anne Haish plays a smaller role here as well. Um, the movie is based on a, loosely based on a 1973 novel by Lois Duncan, and the music is by John Debney. Then the second movie is called I Still Know What You Did Last Summer from 1998, so one year later, directed by Danny Cannon and written by Trey Galloway, produced again by Neil Morit, Eric Fague, and a few other people. And returning this time around is Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince Jr., as well as Muse Watson. New additions include Brandy, May um, Kay Pfeiffer, Jennifer Esperanto, Matthew Settle, and a small role by Jack Black. Then the third movie is I Will Always Know What You Did Last Summer from 2006, So eight years after the second movie, this one went direct to video, directed by Sylvan White, written by Michael D. Weiss, again produced by Neil and Eric. Uh, No characters returned uh, from the first two movies. So the cast of this one includes Brooke Nevin, David, Pat Kaye, Tori, DeVito, and Ben Easter. Where to find these movies? The first is available on Shutter or on Amazon, Google Play, or YouTube for $4 or Voodoo for $3. The second uh, and third are available on all of those other sites except they're not on Shutter. Rotten Tomatoes. The first movie, I know what you did last summer, critics gave it a 42, audiences gave it a 40, so pretty similar. The second movie, I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, critics gave it a 7, so that's a single digit. Audiences gave it a 29. And the third movie, I Will Always Know What You Did Last Summer, critics gave it a 0, and audiences gave it a 21. Plot. The first movie, IMDb, says, Four young friends bound by a tragic accident are reunited when they find themselves being stalked by a hook-wielding maniac in their small seaside town. So four friends, Julie, Ray, Barry, and Helen, yes those are very generic names, are partying one night and they accidentally run over someone on a dark deserted road. They think about calling the police but decide that it will ruin uh, their future, so they decide to dump the body in the ocean. And then fast forward to one year later, it's around 4th of July again, and they start getting ominous messages that say, I know what you did last summer, and then they are picked off one by one. Um, And the guy that's picking them off, who's later known as the fisherman, is a guy in a black rain slicker and hat and carrying a hook. In the end, the killer is finally revealed to be, um, well, in uh, in the end, Ray and Julie end up fighting the killer on a boat, and then he reveals uh, to be, let me see if I can get this right. They thought it originally was David Egan, so David and Susie were in a car, Susie was killed, David survived the car wreck, but he was very... Upset, obviously, about what happened to Susie. His sister thought that he had killed himself because there was a suicide note. But, in fact, what happened was Susie's father, Ben, killed Dave and Egan, threw him in the water, and then that's where they found his body washed up on the shore. Then the kids accidentally ran over Ben um, and then threw him in the ocean, but he was still alive. And then if you recall the scene from the beginning of the movie, there's a guy sitting on a cliff, and that guy is David. In the end, Ben is thrown into the ocean. His hand is ripped off, hence him using the hook going forward, but he was using the hook already anyway. He is presumed dead, so Julie and Ray are the sole survivors, and the final scene sets up another sequel. So that's the first movie. The second movie, I still know what you did last summer, IMDB says The Murder's Fisherman with a hook is back to once again stalk the two surviving teens, Julie and Ray, who have left him for dead, as well as call as well as cause even more murder and mayhem. This time at a Posh Island Resort. Oops, sorry, that's my cat. Who decided to join me? Julie and her roommate, uh played by Brandy went a free trip to the Bahamas, and she asks Ray to join her, uh, but he initially says no. Later, he changes his mind and is going with a friend to join her when they are again attacked by the fisherman. The friend is killed, and Ray is almost killed, but then he makes his way to um, the island. So, she's on the island, and obviously... Bad things start happening. People get knocked off one by one. There's a really bad storm, so they're isolated there. And then it turns out in the end, the fisherman did not die in the first movie, and this time around his son is pretending to be uh, Julie's classmate and friend and potential boyfriend, and he has joined his father in seeking revenge. Uh, The survivors this time around are again... Julie and Ray and Carla, that's Brandy's character. The third movie, I Will Always Know What You Did Last Summer. IMDb says a group of teenagers in Colorado find themselves being stalked and killed one by one by a mysterious figure with a hook exactly one year after they covered up a friend's accidental death. In this movie, none of the original cast returns. And this time around, it takes place in Denver, Colorado. Before, it was at a seaside um, resort uh, on the Atlantic, uh, New England, presumably. Um, this time around, the kids talk about the legend of the fisherman. And then, they later do a prank, but like it's IMDB said one of the kids is accidentally killed. Um... It's a prank involving the fisherman, and then these kids are picked up, no surprise, one by one, but an interesting thing about this is the fisherman this time around is some sort of supernatural creature, because they stab him several times, they shoot him a bunch of times, they run over him with a car, Uh, he has red glowing eyes, and he just keeps on going, so that's, in my opinion, really the only interesting thing about the third movie. Um... I'm not sure where they would ever go with that. So, on to trivia. Trivia. In July 2019, it was announced by Amazon that they were developing a television series based on the movies with, again, uh, Neil H. Moffat producing, and he will be joined by James Wan, who we talked about when we did the Saw and Insidious franchises. I'm not sure of the ETA on that, though. Um, the opening scene to the first movie I thought was really good. It's a flyover of the coast, which shows the guy sitting on the cliff, which, um, later turns out to be David Egan. And it reminded me a lot of The Lost Boys. The music, uh, for that one is really good, too. It is, the music for the whole movie is by John Debney, but that particular song is Summer Breeze by Type O Negative. Uh, And it's called A Young Man on the Edge. So I really enjoyed that song. I thought it was really good. The first uh, I Know movie had a budget of $17 million and a box office of $125.2 million. So that's a big return. The second movie had a budget of $24 million and a box office of $84 million. So still pretty good. And the third movie, as we said, was direct-to-video but grossed $20 million. The first movie, along with Scream, is credited with revitalizing the slasher genre in the 1990s. In these movies, the killer always strikes on July the 4th. And we know another franchise where the killer shows up, at least in the movie, on July the 4th, and that is Jaws. Kevin Williamson wrote the script before Scream, but was unable to sell it. After Scream's success, Columbia Pictures bought it. Williamson also did Dawson's Creek, The Faculty, Halloween H2O, Teaching Miss Tingle, and a lot of other stuff. The ice in the storage container on the boat was actually gelatin, so Jennifer Love Hewitt could be comfortable in it. Interestingly, Jennifer Love Hewitt originally auditioned for the part of Helen, and Sarah Michelle Gellar originally auditioned for the part of Julie. They ended up playing the opposite character. Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prinze Jr. met on the set and eventually several years later fell in love and married and they now have several kids. The original trailer had written on it from the creator of Scream, but Miramax sued Columbia Pictures and they took that off. Johnny Galecki's sister and Jennifer Love Hewitt were friends as kids, so they already knew each other. Johnny's character, Max, Max's death was added after uh, audience testing concluded that the movie was not very suspenseful um, and wasn't keeping people's interest, so it was added later, and it is pretty gruesome death. It has a hook right through the guy's chin, so it was added so that people will know that... Uh, There's potentially some bad things going to happen to everybody in this movie. There's not much blood in any of the movie, um, so it's very PG, and uh, besides the killing, that's really the only horror element. It's definitely not gory at all. Melissa Joan Hart turned down the role of Julie, and Danielle Harris was considered for the role of Julie. One of the best scenes in the movie is when Helen is trying to get into the department store Uh, and she's chased by the fisherman, and he eventually kills her sister, and then chases her inside the department store, then chases her outside into an alley while the 4th of July parade is going on. So that was a good sequence. There is a continuity error on the boat. Julie's originally wearing a tank top and like a sweater, and when she ends up in the um, storage unit with all the ice she no longer has on her sweater. So to fix the issue, they inserted a scene before that where she took off her sweater, tied it to the storage uh, compartment door, and used it as leverage to lift it. Uh, When I originally saw this movie, I thought that was a very strange scene because it didn't make any sense to me. But now, having known why they did that, uh, that makes sense. Uh, The best line of the movie, or the franchise, in my opinion, is... When you leave a man for dead, make sure he's dead. And that comes from Ben. Unfortunately, they never heed his advice. Most of the first film was shot in Southport, North Carolina, but the road death scene was shot around Bodega Bay in Northern California and uses the same road that was filmed in Hitchcock's The Birds. And remember, we also talked about Bodega Bay when we talked about the Puppet Master franchise. Book author Lois Duncan was vehemently opposed to her book being turned into a slasher, in part because her daughter was murdered by an unknown assailant in 1989. Um, And apparently the book is very, very different from the movie. It's really, all they really used was the basic out, the basic premise um, for the movie, so they're very different. Uh, The second film by Williamson that stars someone from Party of Five from 1994, Jennifer Love Hewitt here, and Nev Campbell in Scream. The Fisherman's Hook is based on the urban legend The Hook, which they reference in the movies, and there are a number of variations of the legend. Julie at one point eventually declares that it's just a story to keep teens from having premarital sex. Anne Haish. I said had a small role as David Egan's sister here, in real life lost her brother to suicide like her character Missy. The first movie is on Roger Ebert's most hated list, and the body count here is six. On to the second movie. McKay Pfeiffer appears in Brandy's music video, The Boy is Mine. He's also been in 8 Mile, ER, Lie to Me, and a bunch of other stuff. And Brandy is one of the top-selling female artists of all times. She also did Moesha on UPN. She's a judge on America's Got Talent, did a reality show, so she's very busy. And the second movie is also on Ebert's Most Hated Movies list. The scene where Carla, played by Brandy, and Nancy, played by Jennifer Esposito, die was originally reversed in the script. And as I mentioned, Jack Black has a small role. It's uncredited in this movie, and he plays a local drug dealer. Body count here is 10 people. The third movie, the script for the third movie originally had three survivors, Kara, Julie, and Ray, uh, returning. Originally had three survivors returning, but that didn't happen. I'm sorry, and it's Carla. So Carla, played by Brandy, Julie, and Ray, but never happened. Uh, so none of the original cast came back. The movie was originally titled The Hook, and as we have seen, each film has a teaser scene at the very end as a setup for a new sequel. In the first, the fisherman breaks through a shower door to attack Julie. In the second, the fisherman pulls Julie from under the bed, and in the third, Amber's Jeep breaks down on a deserted road, and the movie fades to black, and we hear the sound of the hook. So that's it for trivia. Now, why should you watch these movies? Well, to be honest, I'm not sure you should. Uh, I know people that watch them as uh, children or teenagers in the 90s. uh, They hold a nostalgic place for them, I think. But I got to say, watching them as an adult... I didn't enjoy them much, Um, and it's not because of the acting. I mean, all the actors are great, Um, and the movie's not horrible. It's just the plot is too simple for me, so, you know, not my favorite franchise. Also, the villain is not very menacing. I'm just not afraid of a fisherman. Um, I would suggest watching Scream instead and also watching some of the other movies that this cast has done. So uh, check out Sarah Michelle Gellar in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Jennifer Love Hewitt in The Ghost Whisperer, another franchise, uh, Ryan Felipe and Sarah Michelle Gellar in Cruel Attentions, which incidentally was also produced again by Neil Moritz. Also, I, there's really no reason for the second and third movie at all except them being a cash grab because the plot's exactly the same. So I don't know why they bothered to go to the Bahamas in the second movie and have the fishermen follow them there. And then the third movie, is really just the same thing, just with no-name actors. On to recipes, I was thinking about doing Gordon's Fish Sticks Um, this fisherman remind me a lot of the Gordon Fisherman. Of course, he wears a yellow rain slicker instead of a black one. But instead, I went with a clam bake from New England, uh, because I really like those. So, I will put the note in the, uh, the website is visitnewengland.com, classic foods of New England, so I'll put that in the notes. And it says, I'll just read this paragraph real quick, um, The New England Clam Bake is both a meal and an outdoor construction project. The work begins with cooks assembling the ingredients, which is lobster, whole fish, ears of corn, clams, mussels, potatoes, and onions, and cooking gear, firewood, charcoal, stones, seaweed, tarps, and shovels. And then they dig a hole, preferably on the the beach, and line it with stones, wood, and charcoal. Essentially, they're creating a below-ground bonfire and heating the rocks to create a steam bath for the food. When the wood is burned down to ash, the saturated seaweed is laid over the hot rocks, creating a pit of steam. Small packets of seafood, corn and potatoes wrapped in wet cheesecloth are laid on top of the seaweed. The food packets are covered with more seaweed, and the whole pit is covered with a tarp for up to two hours. At the end of the cooking time, the food is unearthed and then eaten, usually with a lot of butter. So, you could go to all that trouble. Or you could just go to a restaurant that has clam bake. Either way, I really like clam bakes, um, but I really like seafood a lot. So that's it for the food for this week. Um, Where can you find us? We are in the usual spots on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please give us a five-star rating if you like what you're hearing. We need all the help we can get. We're also on Twitter at Food and Fright. Contact us by email at foodandfright at gmail.com or check out our website at com. Uh, until next week, stay safe um, with everything that's going on in, in this country. And also, if you run into somebody, uh, if you, and if you stay home, you won't run over someone and then try to cover it up and then have to pay for it for the rest of your life. However short that is. And a guy with a hook won't come after you. So until next week, have a good one, and we'll talk to you then. Thanks.